Welcome to episode four of From Fear to Face, a podcast series from Desiring Truth and Anna Absalom. Lord, thank you for all the things that we're learning and help us to apply them to our lives. Amen. Um, I think in our last session we were looking at uh, Gideon from Judges chapter 6 and uh, I'd said originally that um, Gideon, in the story of Gideon that we see in these chapters, um, Gideon actually has four main questions and um, the first question is, does God know and does he care about me? Um, And I think we answered that in that God actually came himself to Gideon uh, to tell him um, Uh, who he is and the fact that he does care about him and he does know about him. And I think the second question uh, Gideon had, which I'm not sure that I mentioned, was that I think Gideon wants to know is, is God really in control? Is he really in control? And um, I think that, um, uh, and I think by the end of the uh, 24 verses that we read, we saw that God is in control. God does know what's going on. He has actually bought the Midianites uh, to come against Israel, so he is definitely in control, and he will stop them and and overcome them uh, at the right time. And so, uh, what uh, we're going to look at today in the same account of Gideon is what God does actually to answer uh, Gideon's next question, the third one, and that is, will God actually take care of me? So I think we have this this situation. We have uh, unbelievers um, ask the question, does God really exist? But once we've moved into that camp of believing, once we've become Christians, we do have these questions, does God really know? I mean, does he know? And does he care about me? Because if he cares about me, why is all this stuff going on? And I think what we saw last time was the fact that if there's sin, unconfessed sin in your life, God will not allow that to stay there. He won't. He will do everything in his power to uh, he will change uh, how you feel about things so that you stop sinning because sin ultimately destroys you it is bad for you and if god really loves us he cannot allow us to do a thing that he knows will ultimately kill us and and that's just the same as i mean think about you think about someone you love i don't know if you've got children think about your children um if your children uh suddenly said they wanted to take heroin or or yeah become or if they were drug addicts you would do everything in your power to stop them taking drugs because you know that drugs will kill them that's the reality of it you love that person you love your child or whoever it is, your friend or your uh, family, you love them so much, you cannot allow them and you will do everything you can to stop them killing themselves. That's that's what we're talking about with God. God will do everything he can to stop, first of all, to stop people walking away from him. And secondly, when you've turned to him and believed in him, to stop you messing up your life because he has a glorious plan and a purpose. And his, and his plan for you is that you know his love, you know who he is, you know his grace, and you know it better and better and better and that you grow in your love for him that's his plan for your life and why does he plan that because growing in your love for him worshiping him knowing his glory is the best thing for you that's the reality that uh, knowing god is better than anything And he wants you to know him. So we've had those questions. Gideon has believed that God is God. He has believed that God is in control and cares about him. But he still has a third question, a sort of third doubt. Will God actually take care of me? I mean, I know God's 
fulfilling his plan and his purpose but I'm just like a little minnow in there and really will he really take care of me or is he just concerned with the big picture and um uh God has come to Gideon and he's commissioned him, he's spoken his promise, he's given him a sign, uh, but he knows that Gideon is still afraid. And and that's a little bit like us. You know, we hear from God through his word, but we still want a sign. And even when he's gracious to us and actually gives us a sign, we're still afraid because all too quickly our eyes turn back to our own limitations and the tremendous difficulties that often face us. So knowing that Gideon is still afraid, God gives him a small task to do right at home to show him. that no matter what he asks Gideon to do, God will see him through. Gideon has to take a stand in his own village before he dares to face the Midianites on the battlefield. The um, assignment that God gives him is smaller, but it's not totally easy. Um, God tells him to destroy an altar dedicated to Baal, um, uh, an idol, um, uh, and to build an altar to the Lord and sacrifice one of his father's valuable bulls using the wood of the altar for the fuel. Um, Now, since uh, altars to Baal were built on high places, it would have been difficult to obey God's orders without attracting attention. And so, because he was still afraid, uh, Gideon decided to obey the Lord at night when the village was asleep. So I'm going to read through this section from verse 25 to verse 32. Now on the same night, the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and a second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal, which belongs to your father, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this stronghold in an orderly manner, and take a second bull, and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had spoken to him. And because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it by day, he did it by night. When the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was torn down and the Asherah, which was beside it, was cut down and the second bull was offered on the altar which had been built. Then they said to one another, Who did this thing? And when they searched about and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, did this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son that he may die, for he has torn down the altar of Baal, and indeed he has cut down the Asherah which was beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you deliver him? Whoever will plead for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because someone has torn down his altar. Therefore on that day he named him Jerubbabel, that is to say, let Baal contend against him, because he had turned down his altar. This uh, task that God set for Gideon, as we read in the, in these verses, it made him afraid, so he did it at night. And um, But what we see here is uh, something really interesting. Gideon is still afraid. Even though he um, he has heard from God, he's built his altar, he's done all of those things, God has spoken to him, he's still afraid. And that's, as I said, just like us, you know, we we get through one thing and, and, and it's not that we never get afraid again. We do. We, we are constantly facing situations that make us afraid. And so what we're shown here is even though Gideon has... Uh, he's met the Lord who is peace. He's actually talked with the Lord and God has uh, given him signs that he is God. Still, 
uh, Gideon's fear takes over, and so he does this thing at night. But what we do see is that he does the thing that God tells him to do. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to move forward despite it. Gideon had privately built his own altar to the Lord, but now he had to take a public stand, and he had to do it without compromise. So um, what we see is um, in the morning, the men of the city saw what had been done and they want to kill Gideon. Can you imagine what Gideon might be thinking? Will God take care of me? I mean, I've done what he asked. I've got got rid of the altar of Baal and torn down the Asherah pole that's next to it, both idols where the men and the uh, where the people of Israel would go to worship. That was the evil they were doing in the Lord's sight. In Judges chapter 6, verse 1, we read that they were doing evil in the Lord's sight. They were worshipping other gods. They were bowing down to other gods because they believed wrongly that these gods would take care of them. And God won't have that. He won't have us worshipping anybody but him. And and so um, he's called Gideon to, to tear down these altars, and Gideon has done it. Um, but now he's thinking, okay, I've done what I'm supposed to have done. Maybe that's it for me. Maybe, you know, I mean, God cares about me, but maybe he doesn't, you know, it, it's all over now and he's not bothered. Um, and I think sometimes we think that, you know, We've stepped out in obedience. We want to serve God. We want to live for him. But somehow the first thing that we do brings trouble and we're faced with difficulties because of it. And that's what happened with Gideon. You see, he probably thought uh, he was afraid to do it. He did it at night. Suddenly he's torn down these idols. And um, and maybe he was thinking, you know, well, it's going to be okay because God's going to protect me and he's, nobody's going to know that it was me that did it. But the men seem to know straight away. And so... Uh, the question, can I trust God? Really? Will he take care of me? No matter what the consequences. Jesus said to his disciples in John 16 verse 33, uh, in this world you will have trouble, but take courage, I have overcome the world. And that's what God is going to show Gideon here and what he will show us. Joash, Gideon's father, would have had every reason to be angry with Gideon. I mean, after all, Gideon has smashed his altar and replaced it with an altar to God. He'd sacrificed his prized bull and he'd used the sacred Asherah pole for fuel. But God so worked in Joash's heart that he defended Gideon before the town mob and even insulted Baal. What kind of a god is Baal if he can't defend himself, he said. Gideon would have learned a valuable lesson that day. If he obeyed the Lord, even though he still had some fear in his heart, the Lord would protect him. Gideon would need to remember that as he went forward um, and prepared to attack an even bigger enemy. That's what we must remember. God is always at work. God is weaving together a tapestry and we can't always see the threads that he's using, but we can know one thing. God is always at work for our good. If we step out in obedience to him, he always honours those who honour him. There will always be the reward of peace, the reward of joy, when we actually step out and refuse to be deterred by our, um, by our fear. Gideon learned that letter that day. If he obeyed God, which he did, even though he had some fear, God would see him through. 
finally, we are in um, Judges 6. We have the fourth question. Does God keep his promises? Um, Gideon now is going to um, be asked to um, uh, come against the uh, Midianites and the Amalekites and the sons of the east, the ones who are going to come against Israel. In verse 33, we pick up this story. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the sons of the east assembled themselves and crossed over and camped in the valley of Jezreel. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet and the Abizarites were called together to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh and they also were called together to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun and Naphtali and they came to meet him. Then Gideon said to God, If you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on the ground, then I will know that you will deliver Israel through me. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he drained the dew from the fleece, a whole bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not let your anger burn against me that I may speak once more. Please let me make a test once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece and let there be dew on all the ground. And God did so that night, for it was dry only on the fleece and dew was on the ground. So strange, isn't it, to um, uh, to uh, see Gideon's fear again. You know, sometimes we think that... Um, being courageous and being strong is something that just people do all the time, but they don't. They don't. We're all human beings. The Bible is full of human beings who were frail and weak and afraid. And it is full of those people because God wants us to know we, it's normal to be afraid. It's normal. We are weak. We don't know always uh, how we're going to do what God is asking us to do. And God's answer is, trust me. If I'm asking you to do a thing, I will enable you to do it. And Gideon here puts out the fleece. Um, it's so funny to me. Twice he does it, he gets the answer, and then he does it again. Um, but one, what God is going to show him is um, something that he is the God who enables. There's a verse in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, which says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's what we see in these verses, that the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And um, it is the Spirit of God who will take Gideon, as we, if we read all the way on through the, um, chapter 7, you would see that he amasses this army and God whittles them all down um, and uh, to 32,000 men and they come against an army um, of about 135,000 men plus all the animals and, uh, that they had. And it looks on the face of it, looking from a human perspective, it looks as if the people of God will be totally and utterly defeated. But God is on their side and he had promised them victory. Um, and I suppose what I want to get to is because we can read this about Gideon and it can be something that we know happened, but it doesn't have much to do with us. But uh, I, we need to be, uh, I want us to look at this to see, do you hear the same voices that, that Gideon heard? Does the enemy come at you with, with the question, will God's promise really come true? Does God really want you to do this? 
Is he going to give you um, the necessary uh, tools that you need to do what he's asking to you to do? I mean, really? You're only a, a carpenter or a nurse or a housewife. Aren't there so many others who could do a better job? Have you really heard God right? Is he really calling you to do this? And that's what Gideon heard. He heard the voice, the voices in his head that we hear. Really? Really? Is God going to use you? And twice, God, uh, Gideon reminded God of what he had said and twice asked God to reaffirm his promises with this fleece miracle. And the fact that God actually responded without condemnation shows how gracious he is and that he understands how frail we are and how easily afraid. Gideon spent two days playing the fleece game with God. And there was and God was so gracious that in the end there was nothing for God for Gideon to do but confront the enemy and trust God for the victory. First John chapter five verse four. 1 John five verse four connecting dots again. First John chapter five verse four. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith. God shows us, you and I through his word, that we must put our foot forward. We must step out in obedience to God and then he will show us the victory. God is gracious and he will enable you to, he will answer some of your questions, he will uh, allay your fears, uh, he will call you and speak to you and there will be numerous signs but at the end of the day you must step out of the boat you must actively trust his word to you over and over again in scripture we are shown that god wants us to trust him time and time and time again god says this is who i am trust me here he reveals himself as the God of peace. God is peace. His presence is peace. Where he lives is peaceful. Peace is the opposite of fear. And God will cause us to experience his peace precisely in and because of the difficulties and the battles that he allows in our life. That's the reality. Peace is nothing if your life is never difficult. If, if you never have to uh, face an, an enemy, if you never have to work out a situation, if you never have to put in your trust in God, you'll never know what that peace is. It's only in the difficult circumstances of your life that you cry out to God and he fills you with his peace. God has a plan and a purpose for you and your life and he will enable you to carry it through to completion uh, to the end. In Psalm 138, um, uh, verse 8, God will say, The Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Um, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. That is his promise. Um, and maybe next time uh, we will have a little look at, at Psalm 138. But in the meantime, before we meet again, before you come back and uh, hopefully listen again to the next podcast, read Psalm 138. Read it and take it on for yourself. I will give you thanks with all my heart, David says. I will sing praises to you 
Before the gods, I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all your name. And here, on the day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. Gideon called out to God. The Israelites cried out to God and he answered them. And he answered them by using Gideon, the least in his family and of the least tribe in Israel. And God filled him with his spirit and and called him valiant warrior. Go in this your strength. I will be with you. That is God's word to you and I. We are nobodies. We're just ordinary people who have heard the truth of the gospel and have decided to put our trust in Jesus. And God was now wanting to take us on, wanting to help us and lead us through the days of this life, through the circumstances of this life, so that we lay hold of that peace and that joy that he has for us, so that we are enabled to live fulfilled lives for his glory so that we're able to witness to him and to grow in our knowledge and our love for him. So this week, read over Judges 6 and Psalm 138. Think about how God dealt with Gideon, how he graciously dealt with him and walked him through the work that God was calling him to do. Look at Psalm 138 and write down some times maybe in your life that God has enabled you to face a fear and to walk through it with him. Write them down, build the memorial, write them down so that you can look over them in times to come and know that God was with you in this circumstance. I don't know what battle you're facing today. I don't know what is coming against you. I don't know all the things that are all the circumstances of your life, but God does. He is in control. He knows and he cares about you and he will see you through. Why not put your trust in him today? Father, we um, thank you for Gideon. Thank you for his life. Thank you for all the lessons we can learn in it. Lord, I pray that um, that uh, we would, all of us, myself and those who are listening, uh, go on to read a little bit more about Gideon and see and, and ask ourselves the questions, you know, do we trust you? Do we really um, step out of our boat? Are we prepared to go forward with you? Do we want to go forward with you? Help us, Lord, to be honest with ourselves and to come with to you with all our doubts and our fears, unafraid. Help us, Lord, to come to you with all the questions that we have, knowing that we will receive answers. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our website at desiringtruth.org.uk for more information on events and series like this. God bless.